0: Howdy. This is a... Fuck. Welcome to the fail... Uh, no, 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 I got this. I got this. All right. Welcome to the Art of the Fail. This is a podcast hosted by Christian Borgesan, co-founder of Bruja, and myself, Chris Buttonham, co-founder of OB.ai. We chat with startups and entrepreneurs about their failures in hopes to uncover incredible lessons and unmask the stigma around failing today. Let's just get started with the show. Cool. All right, let's do it. It's been a while, Christian. It's been a long time.
1: A long time. We're recording right now. Right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, man, I'm like I'm so out of practice, but I love it. I got my notebook with me, so I'm all good. All right. Um, all right. Nice. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to another episode of the Art of the Fail. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. All right. So. Um, My name is Christian Borgesan, and as always, I am joined by none other, other, Uh, another fuck-up right there, (laughs) than my main man, uh, Chris, to the right of me today. Um, So today we have another awesome, amazing... Uh, guest with us Nima g sorry Nima. i'm actually just gonna say g because i don't know <laughs> candidly i don't know how to pro- i was i was waiting for like can he do it <laughs> i don't know how to properly pronounce your last name and although this is a podcast about failures and fuck-ups i really don't want to fuck up on your name um so, Garde, so, so yeah welcome Garde? Uh, Garde? Yes, Garde. yeah Cool. Okay, there we go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Not so bad. Yeah. So for everyone listening, um, Nima's got quite the background actually. He is. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, uh, although I did just steal it from your LinkedIn. So <laughs> so if I'm wrong, then you might have to update your LinkedIn profile. Um, <laughs> co-founder of Paramail out of San Fran, previous head of product at Taplytics, uh, previous product manager at Frank and Oak. I've got a couple of Frank and Oak pieces myself, Um, interim CTO from a company in Toronto a little while ago, and you were also the founder and CTO of Vinio, if I'm saying that correctly, which was also based out of Mm. Toronto.
2: That's all correct, actually, the the only part is San Francisco, right
0: now I'm in New York. uh, Oh, are you? Okay. Usually I'm I'm in San Francisco. So that's kind of the same. (laughs) Alrighty. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us. before we get into more about uh, you, we'll just uh, do quickly what we always do: our little recent uh, fuck ups. So, I'll, I'll go first, just mm-hmm. so that you don't steal mine, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, my my fuck up, or um, you know, lack of movement, was actually related to this podcast and <laughs> not releasing an episode that we were uh, uh, we were on the fence about releasing. Um, just we didn't know if the quality was up to par and so um mm-hmm. we were very um stagnant on that and i just in a way regret it because uh if we would have put it out then we uh would have gotten feedback from it and and, uh, and not have been the wiser so mm-hmm. that's uh that's mine yeah no that's a good one and you know adding to that worst
1: case if we didn't end up liking it and it was out there who cares right exactly. <laughs> it's a podcast about failures and fuck-ups so yeah. it all comes day, full circle it comes full circle exactly at the end of the day for us you look because of your theme you can get it rid- get, <laughs> get away with anything, exactly that's that's kind of why we did it in a way not really, but
0: even for us yeah, bad yeah. content is Christian and I are just inherently um, big fuck up so we figured this is the only way we could produce content absolutely uh, yeah it's working for us so yeah. far
1: <laughs> uh, mine is um you know me in, in scheduling meetings and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. I'm just I'm, – I'm all over the place, and I'm trying this new thing for 2018 where I, like, live and die by my calendar. So far, it's working out well, but the thing with that is, like, I, I often find myself trying to squeeze in too many appointments and meetings mm-hmm. into the day. So I will literally butt up appointments and meetings back to back without giving myself even like a 15 or a 20 minute buffer in between those meetings just in case they, you know, one gets extended because that always happens yeah. or even giving myself enough time um, to dial in if it's a phone meeting or if it's something that's in person that I have to either drive drive to or walk to, just not giving myself enough time. Um, and it's funny because I always make this
0: mistake and I'm just like, I'm not learning. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I'm, I'm getting better, but... Well, it's interesting because um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people probably uh, have uh, uh, their meetings be too long or they don't stack them enough, but you're doing the opposite and realizing that you have to iterate, so mm-hmm. that's interesting. I'm, just... I, I'm probably guilty for not... Like, I will say, if, if somebody wants to book some time with me and I have, like, two or three meetings in a day, I'll say, um, no, like, mm-hmm. here's another day or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where maybe I should, you know, stack them all you know, is as close together as possible in the one day, or I don't know. Right. But anyway, that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's wrap that up. Uh, Nima, um, let's, uh, let's start off. Why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, you can start at the beginning, you can start at the middle, uh, wherever you think is interesting. And then I'm sure you've got some, uh, some stories tucked away along that journey that, uh, that were struggles. So, uh, totally yeah
2: awesome it, cool. was fu- it was funny i was i was just with my co-founder on another call and he, i was telling him yeah i'm doing a podcast later he's like what's it on I was like oh about failures." like oh well, <laughs> you got plenty of those so like, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. yeah totally so i think uh yes like super quick um i i i'm i'm a college dropout uh computer science major Excellent. type of kid started my first company when i was 19 and that was the venue one that you mentioned we went through mm-hmm. extreme startups That was probably like my biggest, most astronomical sort of failure in life was, you know, raising money and basically like throwing it down the toilet and not really having anything to show for it type Hmm. of thing. And uh, after that, I sort of spent some time figuring out what I liked um, and realized I liked being in product a lot more um, and ended up doing Frank and Oak for a while. um, And that was certainly a very good experience. There's plenty of like mini failures there and there are some (laughs) that... We're, we're sort of good things that happened, but uh, if I if I were good at my job, I would have done those things like six months earlier, type of thing, and
0: right. those mm-hmm. classic
2: ones. And um, I think for the past couple of years, I've been doing my own thing again. And uh, we we've certainly gone through ups and downs, where uh, what we started with is not at all with what we've got now. Uh, yeah. So we failed through maybe, I guess, two and a half products almost, um, Mm -hmm. before we've landed on something that's like sort of quasi working. Um, so yeah, let me, I don't know which one's the most interesting to really, really get into, but, um, yes. So
0: uh, context right now you're doing, uh, paramil, that's correct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know much about paramil. Is it, you, it, it's sort of advertised as a digital agency, but I guess you guys are are doing uh, building products internally.
2: Yeah, so we 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 operate as an as an agency, um, maybe eighty percent of the time, and then the rest we operate as a product company. So, uh, for some set of some a subset of people, we are we fully manage everything. So we'll come in, we'll manage your ad budget, we'll run the ads, we'll do the creative, we'll build the landing pages and all that sort of jazz. But cool. as part of this, we ended up building a bunch of products for ourselves and sometimes you mm-hmm. can just use those products by themselves without us being involved as part of it. Um, are, are they marketing and, tools specifically then? Yeah, they're all around paid marketing okay. um, exclusively, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay, well, why don't we... I, I thought the whole Venio uh, thing was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably one I really want to double click on right now. We'll see if we have time for others. But the that's interesting because I'd love to hear more about like your thought process on dropping out of college or university. And then mm-hmm. um, when you started your first startup and going through extreme, which I've heard of extreme, is that an accelerator? Extreme startups is an accelerator. It's not called
2: Highline. It's out of Toronto oh, and Vancouver, okay. New York now. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, it was called Extreme. It was funded by the top VC in, in Canada at the time, which were essentially Real Realro, uh, Umers, okay. uh, EVP, and right. someone else, and BDC. There we go. Right. Uh, okay. Remember all of them? Um, yeah, and they were trying to be sort of like the the YC of Toronto, or the, okay. uh, or the founder fuel of Toronto, really, at the time. So that's kind of what they wanted to do. But then, I didn't like the managing directors didn't didn't want to stick around, so they ended up respinning it off as Highline. Um,
0: okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, um, going back in time and talking about, uh, that cadence of, of dropping out and cause I was actually, um, there's a, a company here, I won't name names, but, uh, one of their, um, uh, co-founders sort of did the same thing, didn't even tell his parents. And I thought it was super admirable and like fascinating, <laughs> like, um, that they, he would do that uh, not that I was a tremendous student myself but, I, was, I was a terrible yeah. student <laughs> I, I think that maybe is a common denominator I must um, I was also an awful student probably <laughs> like
2: uh, yeah, it's funny so I think um, you, my parents were certainly not happy but uh, i I definitely told them and for the longest I think until like maybe, Maybe after Frank and Oak they were like, So when are you going back to school? And it's still I like I think a thing for them in the back of their minds. But yeah. oh yeah. Um, <laughs> fortunately they were like decently supportive. As brown parents I would say they're very supportive, but uh, yeah. on the, on average, you know, they were they were in the middle. Um so the the thing with me was um in school i wasn't really really enjoying myself as much. I was certainly partying a lot and doing <laughs> doing that whole shebang, but the, the I, I can relate the thing I yeah, of course. And the the thing with, with me was that I'd been programming since I was 13 and and I had read a bunch of the computer science books that I was even doing in class because I was curious when I was when I was younger, so I was not at all learning anything in school. And I'm sure if I'd stuck around for, you know, the four years or done masters, I would have learned some stuff inside the classroom, but uh, well, the moment i realized i can i can operate as a professional and this was like an internship i got uh, and over the, su- over the summer after second year i it essentially clicked in my head that i don't need to be going to school because i actually can mm-hmm. operate as a professional and do what do what you're supposed to do in the industry after you get the, the get the degree um but i think that the re- realization was that um or the uh, maybe the reason i was going to school to begin with was because i was still a little that I wasn't able to execute, um, yeah. even though I knew all these things. I knew how to code. I understood how to create stuff. I just wasn't sure that I can actually do it. Um, but the moment I got an internship and they put me beside a full-time person and they're like code this thing together, and mm-hmm. we did it. Um, and this is mainly at Extreme Labs, and they had this thing called programming, which really helped me essentially like copy a lot of knowledge from folks that have been in the industry for quite a few years into my head. At the end of that summer, I was this like you know. Super cocky nineteen-year-old who knew, who <laughs> thought he knew he could do everything, right? And um, mm. and and that was the main reason. After that summer, I kind of said, "Okay, I can I can work anywhere." And I kind of started working part time at, at Extreme Labs while I was still in school. And then this whole idea of starting a company dropped into my head because this was around uh, 2011, 2012 where Groupon was, for instance, uh, super popular in Toronto, even and. Mm. Uh, I was looking at, I remember looking at that app and like, this is the easiest thing to build. Why don't I do something like this? And, uh, my high school best friend was in town, uh, and we started talking through this stuff and we, we sort of went to a startup weekend that weekend. And mm-hmm. from there we didn't stop working on what we were working on. Essentially oh, that's until so funny.
0: That same yeah. thing happened to me. Startup weekend mm-hmm. is what got me. Man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, um, just to just to uh, look into that for a second, um, I like what you said. Like the idea of starting a company plopped into your head, and we talk about that a lot about Mm -hmm. um, trying to um, be super real about entrepreneurship and what it's like to actually start a company and execute. And Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, do you you've obviously gone through the cadence of Uh, starting the company, like a few companies, then being like, hmm, maybe I should work for a couple companies. Now you're doing your own thing again. Was there any initial regrets about dropping out early? Was there any thought process in, or still even in your mind, like, um, about entrepreneurship, like what makes you cut out for it? Um, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So the first thing uh, I mentioned is that like,
2: I think I shouldn't have started the first company. Hmm. Uh, um, and and like i I jumped in too early, um or rather, I jumped in for the wrong reasons like i i I think I was good at executing and stuff um maybe not as good as I am now, but i was <laughs> it, it was enough to like make something happen.
0: yeah, I would argue okay.
2: that the reasons I was doing it was a lot less like uh real than than they are now um, yeah, I know what you mean so I think that's like the main problem um and and over and over again, I see plenty <laughs> of folks that get the startup bug and try it out and just mm-hmm. don't really do anything with it um and i think you need to really understand why you're doing this whole thing because right. it's not easy right like no. you're getting paid no money to basically work <laughs> like 120 hours a week mm-hmm. um, and not even enjoy yourself from time to time right right and and that's the main realization i think after the first time basically i walked away saying like clearly i i liked some of the stuff that was happening in there i liked running a team for instance and i liked creating an organization and I liked a lot of things about uh, companies in general, not startups necessarily, but the idea of a company was very attractive to me after failing at the first one, but I realized I need to do it for the right reasons next time and that's why I went away to work at other companies um, first and get more experience essentially like talking to people and not being a 19-year-old idiot Uh, and then coming back and saying, all right, I kind of know I kind of know how to do this thing a little bit more.
0: Um, so when you went to those companies, um, it's funny that you say you sort of regret the initial uh, company that you started yeah, because I, I would argue that, that um, maybe you wouldn't have learned those things or you know had this the cadence mm-hmm. and sort of gotten that out of the way. But it's just an interesting perspective. Um, I, I guess. Yeah, then,
2: I, I don't necessarily regret it. I would I'd say like I just think I did it for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah, um, no, and, I totally and, get that. Yeah like everyone we hired is doing kind of crazy things now. And I was looking back at at like this 15, 12, 15 or 16 people that we worked with. And like maybe half of them own their own companies now. And uh, the rest are like doing really interesting things in the industry. So uh, at the very least that came out of it. And I remember writing Mm -hmm. that as an email to everyone almost like two months before we were shutting this thing down, like seeing the end of the end of the line. And I wrote this, like at the worst case scenario, you're all going to be better
0: off because we kind of <laughs> went through some crazy shit together. Um, and, and that's certainly helpful. Yeah. And then what was the thought process when you were, um, you know, you're working for Frank and Oak and then Taplytics and, and these other companies sort of in, um, <clears throat> in just norm, more normal positions? Um, mm-hmm what then got you like had had that bug again to start your own company or was that always in the back of your mind you just saw this as an opportunity to sort of grow personally get get the the bad reasons for for doing this out of the way and and then on to the next like what what made you start again
2: yeah so i think the the main my main philosophy was the first time we i I started a company i raised some money and then basically like failed on the dime of a bunch of really good investors um Mm -hmm. which is a very very expensive to fail right so i figured how do i subsidize failure in a way that like doesn't affect a lot of money and the best part was like going into a company and trying a bunch of stuff out and then failing in, in at a smaller scale where uh I, I walk away with a lot of the learnings and then hopefully I don't screw anyone's like life up, right? And right. and I think at Frankenook was, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm, you can definitely ask the founders of like how many screw ups I had in there. And and this is like I was a 20 something, 21 year old or something like that coming in there, uh, managing a team of people that were filled with like 30 something year olds and they didn't <laughs> even know my age until the second month because it was my birthday and they were all surprised, right? And and a couple, <laughs> of, them, a couple of them left because of my Mice not speaking french for instance and wow. doing an awful job at managing people and all the sort of stuff that came into it and so i think the i the the general idea for me was all right like how do i essentially learn mm-hmm. a, a set of specific things that i want to be really good at uh, and then start a next company and pretty much right away i i knew i was going to do it uh, i was going to do another one and i even knew who i was going to do it with i think month three at Frank & Oak, I called uh, the head of marketing of my first company, whose name is Kareem Al rabia He's now my co-founder. And I basically gave him the spiel. And I was like, here's what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna do this thing for a year, get really good at these two specific things, and then come back together and start a company. And he was in from that month, essentially. Interesting. Two years so later,
1: we started a company. Yeah. That's actually, that part there is actually really fascinating to me. So like, you know, you guys talk a year prior to this new company actually forming so hey this is what we're going to do for a year we're going to really hone in on these skills like did you guys have any i guess checkpoints in place mm-hmm. like yeah. just to you know just to kind of keep each other accountable and be like hey you know this is you know, six months this. later this is still yeah. the thing that we want to do and we are actually getting closer and closer and closer like yeah uh, how how yeah, is sure. how is that cuz i mean for sure you you can easily you know a year can feel like a couple days, it can also feel like 10 years at yeah. times. Um, I guess my question is like, how, do you, how did you guys keep each other both on the, on the same pace? Yeah, so I
2: think that, so I created a systematic process to essentially like build up to that moment. Um, and, and it was, I guess a, a year and a half long almost, mm-hmm. right? So the first thing was, it started very simple. It was like, we have to have lunch once a month. And at the time I was in Montreal, he was in Toronto, so I would fly to Toronto. Who pays? <laughs> uh, once a month, <laughs> I, I was paying myself at the time. Um, cause I, I had a girlfriend in Mont- Toronto anyway, so it was easy okay. for me to do it. And, and yeah. by the end of the time I was at Frankinook, I was flying to Toronto twice a month cause we were launching stores there anyway so it was easy for me so it kind
1: Uh, of kind of worked out that way
2: yeah okay it kind of worked out I'm sure we could have done as a call instead but lunch seemed like brunch seemed like a better idea so we would just sit down and then talk talk through some some spaces that we were interested in what we were learning at work Mm -hmm. and all this sort of jazz and by the time it got closer to the end I started a process where it was all right like let's figure out what we want to actually work on and then that was a series of Uh, I think once the once a month thing turned into twice a month and it was around every time we come back to the table, we have to come up with two ideas Hmm. and we'd list them out and talk through them, um, figure out what extra research we need to do without actually launching anything. And um, by the end of that, I think there was like maybe eight of those sessions. We had, you know, 16 ideas per person and uh, we cut them down until we, we, we got to a list of five Nice, And, and then from from there we were still working at, at different places by the way at this point yeah okay. from there we started testing some of them in the market um yeah
0: that's honestly that like that's, cool. that's, that's crazy to me yeah. like uh <clears throat> i've been on both sides of this fence where like i've never started a company without having the idea to start the company first but i mm-hmm. also like if there's one le- if there's one learning that i have it's that team is most important mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> um and I've not always gotten to choose my founding team as um, like selectively as I'd, I'd like to have in the past. And so that's really interesting to me because I actually heard someone just recently talk about this where they had their co-founder and they didn't have an idea, but they wanted to build a company. Um, I just think that's, that's, that's fascinating. I like the fact that you had a systematic process in place because obviously... Um, like if you're just creating a company to create a company, then you're more poised for failure, arguably. than... but but the, having the prop like the process in place to say, um, not only are we creating a company, here here are the ideas and and this and the things that we actually want to execute upon. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Which, by the way, I think it's worth mentioning that none of those things actually ended up
2: working out. Yeah. And what we're doing <laughs> now is completely course. different yeah. than yeah. what we came up with. Uh,
0: of course. So. Okay, it's as it as it normally goes, though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, just to take a step back, we've got a few minutes left. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned about uh, the company before. Sorry, I keep going backwards. About uh, raising money and, and all of that. We've only, we've had we've talked to uh, one other founder on this about that, and then and essentially raising money, losing it. Can you talk about that at all? Um, about what, like, what the process was like to raise it, and then, like, what was going through your mind when you saw the the end of the tunnel there, and and maybe, um, you know, the cadence in um, the steps it took to say, okay, we got to shut this down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
2: sorry. Uh, so the the one thing is, for Venio, for the first company, we 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 raised from a couple handful of angels, I guess, and then the rest came in from extreme startups and then bdc had that 150 note that came after and uh, i think they have that for a few accelerators still right. in canada uh, and uh the main main problem there we just we were really 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 bad at understanding how to grow um in a systematic way and mm-hmm. so we fundamentally overhired
0: mm-hmm. by
2: a factor of like like we definitely did it like very very poorly and we ran through a lot of cash incredibly quickly um to a point where when we essentially decided to shut it down um and and told our employees so like hey you guys need to get out this is done like here's why (laughs) uh and then called our investors they they were in shock and and on how fast this had this whole thing had gone down i think wow. that the last chick had come in maybe like three months before or something like that oh my and, god and like how it how is this like even a thing right and we had a bunch of money left in the bank and we sent it back or whatever but we basically saw that it was happening and yeah um, we couldn't keep enough of the team around without getting rid of the whole thing and right. we did have problems between the two of us as founders and we just decided that it was better to just stop now and even waste the rest of it um, and I think that, so for Suto or for, for Paramil for the current company, we did raise a bit of money, but it was more ad hoc people giving us money than us asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally when, when we were building your product, uh, that was not in the space that we're in now, that's just something that we came out of, uh, up with through that process. Uh, we ran it for almost a year and we ran through essentially the few small checks that had come in through friends and family and, we did end that hit sort of zero dollars in the bank area. And we essentially pivoted to something that generated money really quickly after that. So the the thought process there was as you said, the team was really good and we had no I had no problem believing that the team that we had can figure it out. So mm-hmm. the question was how do we how do we survive long enough that we find what we, what we want to work on that is gonna work. Um, so we, we switched to a consulting model, model at pure pure agency model, and it was any type of work we could get until we refined right. that, and refined that, and refined that. And then now we're, we're, we're at a point where we have folks working for us and uh, I'm no longer focused on the agency, for instance, on, on my end personally, and uh, working <clears throat> on the products full time and all this sort of jazz, right? But it took a while to get here, and I think that realization over there is like, at least this is something I believe in. Is I'd rather be a cockroach than and, and survive than like kill it and then restart from scratch. Um, you know, a couple of years later, because um, mm-hmm. I don't like working for other folks. And um, yeah. this is <laughs> basically like basically I want this to be it. Period. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I can totally relate to that. Um, and I think to me, what I'm what I'm gathering is. Um, what really worked for you at least was having the the right team in place and then it didn't really matter what you were building like you were gonna mm-hmm. you were gonna fill it, f- figure it out um, yeah like
2: we're having fun we like working with each other yeah. uh we're a pretty smart team mm-hmm. like we, we're still like advisors to other companies because we're smart like we clearly have got something that 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 works <laughs> yeah. when the right market and we in right product are in place so yeah, that's the the question is like, what is that product and what is that market that we're going to be good at understanding really well and getting right. into and making something in. Yeah, you know. um, and we think we've got it now, but you know, it took us maybe two years to get here.
0: It usually does. I mean, I have uh, one of my um, just phenomenal mentors that I've had for uh, a few years. He said, he said, he <laughs> he told me once uh, a while ago. He's like, seven years, Chris, seven years. And I almost killed him. I was like, what do you mean, seven years? He's like, seven years until it's 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 like a real thing. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> I got a few more. That means you got another three, ish. three and a half. Yeah, yeah we're so, yeah. Um, Keep that's, at it. Yeah. Keep at it. That's interesting. Um, in ter- and then when, when you t- when you had to, that's actually funny that you, you gave them, I've heard that a lot of times that's has some really good like foresight on your end to give the money that was left in the bank back to the investors did Mm -hmm. we able to Mm -hmm. keep that relationship and was that in like the back of your head i mean no i know that would fucking kill me is um is letting letting them down especially Mm -hmm. those who sort of took a bet on you early on Mm -hmm. um what was the thought process there
2: yeah yeah, I think that, so the, a couple of things that come down, right? Like number one was like, you know, me and my co-founder had figured out that it's just not gonna work out, um, right. both with us and the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was number one. We, we could have sat down and run through the money, just the two of us, for instance, and try to figure something out. But that was almost like not an option at all. And we did have that conversation where if we go back to the VCs now and say like, here's your money back, or you know, whatever, 30 cents on the dollar, but at least some of it is back. Um, mm-hmm at least we have the opportunity to go back to them a few years later. Um, although that, that hasn't been like, I feel like, you know, VC is, is structured in a way that they can't really afford to say no. Next time you come around, if you have a good company and a good team. Yeah. Uh, but at the time we did care a lot about uh, not burning any of those um, bridges. bridges which, for sure. Uh,
0: yeah. And you think that was uh, a good move, like even just yeah. for your own sanity. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It was definitely the right move for us. Like, we, so we did end up with the the weird thing at the end of after we did all this uh, uh, we did shop out shop around the product um, mm, that we had okay. built, and we did get an offer to sell it um, and we ended up se- not selling it um, okay. and that oh. was because the golden handcuffs was like three three years uh,
0: it wasn't yeah, it was yeah.
2: well it technically would have been life changing money but uh, again I can't I can't reiterate how much how cocky and young i was at the time oh, right shit, I was like, oh, i'm was 19 i can do this again that's a whole uh, which episode but you know i I'm, i still I, I don't regret that
0: part at all um
2: and you know it wasn't it's not anything i can read figure out again over time so
0: wow that's right. crazy okay well that um we got to let you go but that was that's a great way to end it. maybe we'll <laughs> have to get you back on. That was awesome. Yeah,
1: part one and then part two. I, I like <laughs> it. Yeah. So sure. Awesome, Mima.
0: <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. Uh, this was really, really fun, and, uh, and we'll hopefully chat again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Mima. G. Yeah, good you. Have a great day, man. <laughs> Take care, man. Yeah. Bye.